guys, me and dudes, you're on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, the chocolate chip cookie dough came out this week. Head over mm-hmm. to BuiltBar.com and our promo code Locked On gets you 10 bucks off that first order. Kyle, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday, indeed, and we get to talk about some good football players today, and we also get to talk about some good football players who haven't had a chance to show on the field that they've been good football players today, and we also get to talk about one bad football player today. Bad, uh, yeah, yeah, we do. He is. He's not good. I'm sorry. All right, well, let's talk about Derwin James. The we'll talk about good football player first. Derwin James, safety for the... Derwin James. that going to be like a, the Raiders for you, or you? I did it the other... Didn't I Didn't <laughs> I do that recently? Well, you did it for the Chargers, but... Like... Yeah, I, the Chargers, man. Uh, Is that Arnold? I, that was my Arnold. You're the yeah, Arnold. yeah. Yeah, I got the Derwin James. He could play safety for the Chargers. Yeah, the best uniforms in the NFL in all of the state of California. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, got, you, got yeah. me on, you got me on California. Oh, California. California. I'm the governor of California. So stupid. Yeah. Wow, just go right. You could have a conversation with Arnold and, and Coach O, and you'd be like Caliendo esque. Oh, man. I can't imagine trying to flip the switch between pra- the practice, two. Practice. And tomorrow we need that, okay? Look at Derwin James played safety for the Los, Los Angeles Chargers. Diverse football players, big different maker. But he he, he he can't hold that tackle, Joe. Seminal, right? I mean, he's just a little bit soft coming No, no, too, too soft for a state of Florida. You got to be Bayou Bengal. Gotcha. What, I mean, a Governor, does, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's as good as the conversation is going to get it's going to have to be some comment or statement from Ogeron and then Arnold just says yes afterwards <laughs> that, that's going to be the conversation holy smokes oh, so Derwin it sucked that he was hurt last year right because this guy was awesome yeah. as a rookie man he was um, incredible so he I mean he'll be back on track I'm sure this year I love I, I was looking at this Chargers depth chart the other day man I like what they got man they were they got some good stuff going I mean Casey Hayward and Desmond King and and Chris Harris at corner they've got Nasir Adderley in the wings at safety Derwin James uh Sean Jenkins stallions up front I mean, his Chargers defense looked pretty good to me uh and so I'm excited to see obviously the return of Derwin James with Gus Bradley as a coordinator and uh, I think he'll pick up where he was as a rookie, and they'll be very happy to bring him back for that fifth-year option. Can we talk about the bloodlines here for this family? For the James I'm family? His, I'm looking at his pro football reference page. He has three cousins that have played in the NFL like it, within the past three years. What's their names? Running back Carlos Williams. Oh, really? Yes. That dude was a freak, but he just liked to – Take roids, you know. Running back Mike James. Okay. He played 2013 through 2016. Uh, was predominantly with Tampa. He was a sixth-round pick. And a linebacker Vince Williams in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right. Good for them. Th- that is terrific bloodlines. Tis. Not me, though. 
I'd get hurt if he took me out back and had a Thanksgiving flag football game right now. Yeah, well. So, yes, no question, Derwin James. I mean, he would have to get hurt significantly for them to, to even consider it, but even still, like, with where they where they drafted and what their investment was with him, how good he was as a rookie, I don't think there's any question. He's getting that fifth year option exercised. All right. I'm just trying to think of like what would the what would the scenario be where it would be called into question? It's hurt. I don't think. Uh, yeah, but like, like a really serious kind of hurt. Like yeah. if he hypothetically like separates his shoulder and has like a shoulder labrum issue and has to sit out like the final twelve games of this year, are you? St- not going to exercise his option? Uh, I probably would, but I mean, that would be an ACL tear, whatever he had last year. And then like, I mean, that'd be three in the last five years. It's pretty significant, right? Yeah, but it, he's worth it. Yeah. Hopefully it's a non-issue and uh, we get to enjoy one of the most exciting, versatile safeties in the game. He does it all. Blitzes, plays in coverage, man coverage, zone, plays in the box, plays deep. It's what you want. You need that guy to stop Patrick Mahomes in that division. Right. Jair Alexander. CB1. Yeah. I think he was tied for my CB1 yeah. this year. That was your um, that was your thing that year. And Jair had a nice he had a nice rookie season, and then he expanded that even further and had and had a nice follow-up in 2019. Uh, 17 passes defense, his quarterback rating on 110 targets was 85.8, which was down 15 points from his first year. Uh, He didn't really, he missed eight tackles in each of the last two seasons is what he's credited with. This is a a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned, as far as an ascending prospect. Uh, He's got some game experience under his belt. He's moving in the right direction. He has all the physical skills you could possibly need. He plays a high-value position. Uh, He has, to this point, not made a Pro Bowl, so you know you're not going to be paying like the premium dollar amount to lock him in. That makes him an easy yes in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You need to have top good cornerbacks in the NFL, and Jair has... Proven that he can be that, uh, and he's getting better. And um, I like the way I like the way he plays the game, man. I love the way he plays with good competitive passion. CB one, he's sticking around. This next guy is a little complicated, though, Kyle. Leighton Vanderess, linebacker, Boise State, pick of the Dallas Cowboys at nineteen overall. My guy, when he's on the field, he's a good football player. But geez, this next stuff is uh, pretty concerning. He missed uh, four games last year with a nerve issue in his neck and uh, had surgery to correct the issue. We haven't really had an update on his status, but that was something that was kind of a, a note on his resume coming into the league. And uh, you, know, you don't like to hear that. I mean, that necks head neck inj- injuries are significant. And uh, you know, you've seen like Eric Wood uh, suddenly retired based on neck issues and you know, other guys as well. And uh, you know, when he, but, dude, this guy was unbelievable as a rookie. He wasn't quite to that caliber last year, but that neck thing probably played into it. Um, so it's a pretty complicated situation here with LVE. Yeah, kind of reading through uh, in advance of today's show, just trying to get a gauge on what this situation is. Um, from what I understand, that the recovery window is month and a half to two months to, to resume regular movements with your neck. 
Oh, geez. as far as like turning your head and twisting. And they said it can take up to six months for a full recovery. Uh, but that full recovery, you have a 90% chance of reaching. Oh no. So, you know, world-class athlete, world-class yeah. organization, he's going to have all the structure in place to make sure that he gets the best possible chance medically to return. And if you, you told him, you know, you're going to have to make some concessions in the here and now, and like, can't be turning your head and stuff like that for six, six to eight weeks. And then it's six months for full recovery. He's expected to get to full recovery this summer if he's on that schedule, but 90%. I mean, that's, it's good odds, but it's, I guess you're never in any medical situation going to get a hundred percent odds. Right. So, but he's got a pretty good chance uh, medically speaking of a return to average. It's just a question of a return to normal. It's just a question of, you know, with his play style. Yeah. What's his long-term risk? What's his risk? So we, we think the, the, the football side of it is, is not hard to determine the type of player he is, but that's a, it's a lot to consider when you're going to guarantee two years worth of salary uh, for this young man. Uh, I hate I hate it comes down to the to medical side of things because really, I don't think from a football perspective, we have any question that he'd be worth it. Right. Well, I guess here's the good news. Uh, if your concern is the, the two years of guaranteed salary, he's only due $2 million in cash next year. So that's favorable, but then it, it spikes up to uh, over 10. What well, depends? Depends on what he does, right? Well, I have I did the linebacker number, so it's ten point seven if he does not make the Pro Bowl. If he does make the Pro Bowl, it'll be thirteen and a half. Okay, so if he plays this year and he plays fully healthy for sixteen games, you exercise the option. For sure. Yeah, I think so. Because you're talking now it's a two year twelve million dollar deal. Yeah, you take that all day long. Okay. So knowing what we know now, knowing that he's medically given a 90% chance of full recovery and knowing that he is a world-class athlete in a world-class organization with world-class structure around him. I'm saying, yes, I'm saying this does get exercised. Yeah. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt there for sure. I'm with yep. you. We'll see what it looks like at the end of the year, but in, in the here and now knowing what we know, I think that's the proper answer. Yep. All right. Frank Ragnow, Frank Ragnow center from Arkansas, Detroit Lions good, pick at number good football 20. player. Yeah, he's a good football player both years. I uh, played left guard as a rookie, and then he flipped over to center uh, this past year. And I think he, I mean, he got better. He was, he was more effective at center. Uh, love that flexibility uh, to play both spots. But, you know, I'd, I'd keep him at center. I mean, dude, what a fun player he was to watch on tape at Arkansas. Just kicked ass. And uh, I think he's a tone setter up front, smart player, good character. I mean, he's a, one of the foundational pieces of your of your organization. I mean, especially at center, a position that I think is becoming more important, especially from the mental side and what that means for quarterbacks and the way that teams are playing offense. Now you need that, that guy up front that can really, you know, make the calls and, and allow the quarterback to focus on the back seven. And uh, I think Frank Ragnall is one of those guys. Yeah. He's, um, you're going to be hard pressed to put him in a spot to fail. If you keep him inside, doesn't matter whether long-term, I, I don't see him being moved out of center, right? Like there's no reason to move him from center. Right. But I mean, my dude has played almost 2,100 snaps in two years. Yeah. So he could feasibly 
not play a snap this year, and he would still hit the 50% threshold for uh, the escalator tiers in the fifth-year option. Uh, he has not made a Pro Bowl, not all pro, not anything like that. So his best-case scenario, Joe, is getting the transition tender, correct? Yeah, correct. And that transition tender for offensive linemen, you're looking at 13-5. Yeah, that's what it costs. So he's he's less than two point one million in guarantee or in his base salary for twenty twenty one. I really feel like Joe at, at this point the late round or the late first round yeah. guys their year four is inconsequential. Yep, because it's you know it's it's tailored and and with the rookie wage scale we're not going to be dealing with crazy price points. It's it's going to be that year three what or year five what are you comfortable with and for Ragnow, I have no reason to doubt that he is a plug and play standout center and a, a quality plus starter. He's worth that transition tender relative to his peers. It's unfortunate that they get looped in with um, offensive tackles. Sure. Or at least uh, this is what I'm looking at for OverTheCap.com has transition and franchise tenders, and it's just offensive linemen. Yeah, I didn't know that either. If, if that's the case, then <laughs> good for him. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, right. That's that's good. Larry. I told we said it yesterday. Larry Tunsil screwing everybody by a million dollars. Screwing teams. He's not yeah. screwing players, man. Though he's, yeah. he's helping yeah. them out. Yeah, extra mill. So. Go ahead and put me down for a yes for Frank Ragnar. Yeah, yes as well. But uh, hey, hey Arnold, Arnold. Uh, yeah, you, you like these built bars? Have you had a chance? Is that why you're so ripped? Yeah, I go to the gym and they get the big old pump, and they get the pump with the barbell, and then I eat the built bars. Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> the yeah. best tasting protein yeah, bar I've ever had, folks. You guys got to check out Built Bar. BuiltBar.com promo code locked on gets you ten bucks off your first order. It's hard to describe how good these things are. You got to try them for yourself. They're made with real chocolate and uh, they have the taste and consistency of like a candy bar. It feels like you're eating a Milky Way or a, a Three Musketeers and it's not the the protein bars that you're used to, that chalky taste, that gritty feel when you're chewing on it. You feel like you got to wash your mouth out, but you definitely want to feel like you're eating something good for you and getting protein. That's not the case. You're going to be looking forward to these. I love uh, I love getting the workout done because I know at the end of it, I'm going to eat a built bar. Uh, the nutrition facts are off the charts. They have uh, low calorie, high protein, low sugar, no crazy additives. You compare these things to other popular protein bars, and it's literally half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. Doesn't make sense that it could be that good for you and taste that good, but it's the truth. Try them out. Builtbar.com promo code locked on gets you ten bucks off your first order. All right, Kyle. It's uh, we talked about a, a good center a second ago, Frank Ragnow, and uh, now we're not going to talk about a good center. And it's disappointing because, man, I thought this was a, <laughs> a freaking can't miss prospect coming out. Billy Price, center from Ohio State, goes to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at pick twenty-one, and that has not worked out. And I think that what really sucks about it not working out is they need him, right? They that was a, a pick where they went out and they got Cordy Glenn and they got. Uh, Billy Price, and those are supposed to be two significant moves to to really get this offensive line fixed in Cincinnati. And man, neither one of those deals moved out, uh, worked out for them. And and you know he's probably going to be a backup for them this year. And I mean, we're talking about picking up fifth year options. Like it's not even it's not even something to consider at this point. No, he's out. 
and and I would like to confirm uh, while you were talking to Arnold about built bars, I did confirm all offensive linemen are looped into a single tag. No, oh, goodbye, Billy Price. So you're talking fourteen seven if it was this year to keep Billy Price, and that and then you factor in. You know, obviously the salary cap with with COVID and everything is there's some projection that with revenue loss, the salary cap might take a dip in 2021. But you have to presume in 2022, if we get the bounce back, you know, that that cap's going to be even bigger than what it is now. So that franchise tag total is going to be even higher. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to be able to beat out Michael Jordan. What what happened here? I don't know. I it. His tape was good. He was like a 50 million game starter at Ohio State. It's like like the, the most. And didn't seamless. miss a game at all. Yeah. And didn't then miss a game at all. Torres Peck, right, at the combine doing bench press, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Is it, is it fit? I, it's tough. I mean, sometimes we overthink it. And it's like, well, it's just not a good enough player. I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't foresee this situation where on a bad offensive line, he couldn't start, you know, in and out of the lineup trying different combinations couldn't get in there over you know michael jordan at times and guys like john miller michael jordan low-key most impressive athlete to play basketball baseball and now football oh it was only a matter of time <laughs> where's it going next maybe you play hockey i don't know um he's a bad yeah, I, of the hornets but no, side note <laughs> oh come on come on Relax. That's what Michael Jordan is to me. He's the owner of my favorite basketball team, which sucks. That's the lasting legacy, huh? It's what he is to me. I mean, I loved him in the 90s, but dude, like. All right. Billy Price. I'm going to pull up my report here. Because I I cannot seem to definitively recall where Billy was. You, You started off not liking him at all, and then you came around to it. Yeah, I had an early I had an early two on him. He was twenty fourth overall on the board, but you're right. I remember not liking him, and that's why I was kind of We fought over him. We did. I like oh, God. Yeah. Go back good. to the archives, guys. No, Pull it don't, up. Don't go back to the archives. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean the, Ohio State has this like progression of players, right? Like you start at guard and then like you get kicked inside to center when you're the guy on the line. And Billy Price was like, it was Pat Elf line. And then it was Billy Price. And now we're at the point where like, we should probably be questioning this lineage of interior offensive linemen from Ohio state who graduate and play at the center position because they, they struggle. And I I think that's an interesting thing that I'm looking forward to inspecting and, and kind of putting a critical eye on. Uh, but Billy Price, no question, you know, between the the torn pack and it set him behind and then he's kind of been in, in scramble mode and, and now is, you know, entering year three. He's looking extremely perilous and you're either going to have to flip the switch or you're going to have to get out. And no matter what, knowing what the price tag is going to be, which is probably in two years uh, going to be north of $15 million to keep him. No, we're not doing that. All right, Billy Price. Sorry, dude. Rashawn Evans, linebacker, Tennessee Titans of the Alabama Crimson Tide. He was hurt, baby. He was banged up a bit as a rookie. Um, and I'll tell you, it's not always perfect for Rashawn Evans, dude. But I watched his Titans play team play a ton, 
And like, he has some really high level moments where he is just, I mean, obviously he plays with such urgency and physicality. It's easy to love him, but like, man, when he, when he reads it clean, man, he is just dynamic. And so I thought he turned it on a bit more as the season went along last year, um, which I'm excited. I think he had some early struggles and really kind of yeah. came together. And I think his ceiling is super, super high. Like, I think he has the upside to be like one of the, one of the top 10 uh, middle backers in the league. So I like his trajectory. I like his fit on this defense. He's super athletic, which is uh, good for this, this disguised style defense that they run in Tennessee with a lot of multiple looks, man. I mean, it ain't always perfect for him, but I, he's a guy that I'd want to keep betting on. Yeah. I mean, you, and you knew getting him in that with him being used in the way that's ways that he was used, right. He was used as a versatile defender at Alabama and he's used in a versatile way as far as a pressure player and sometimes walked up on the edge, sometimes on the second level at, at Tennessee. And uh, the, the missed tackles are still a bit of a concern. He's you know missed more than 10% of his tackles in each of the last two years, yeah. uh, 13% this past year. And, and he wasn't great in coverage as he got more reps and stayed on the field for more opportunities. He more than doubled his snaps from the previous year. So like it, it we're getting there. And you, you really, like you said, it was this once Tennessee as a team started to play well, Rashawn Evans got more of the splash plays. And I think this is a player arrows pointing up in the right direction and it's called spade to spade. He's not rushing the passer enough to be classified as an edge. So you're going to save $2 million on whatever you get on your fifth year extension. He's true. At, at least. Yeah. So he'll so, be, it'll be the Tremaine numbers that I shared. Um, yes. Yeah. 10, seven, if he doesn't make the pro bowl. So that becomes a no brainer. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I like Rashad. Lock him in. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Another challenging discussion here. Isaiah win. Uh, yeah, this one's tough tackle for the new England Patriots out of Georgia. Uh, he's just hurt a lot, right? Isn't it like two seasons in a row now where, uh, He's played 502 snaps over his first two seasons, and they all came in 2019. Yeah, so he missed his entire first year. He played good when he was on the field, but... I think I, it was an Achilles his first year. It was Achilles, yeah. I mean, he's a good player. I, I mean, I, and I, and I, I mean, when he was coming out, like you, you watch him and say, this is a really fundamentally sound player that you just didn't think would have struggles playing and he hasn't in the limited action that he's had, but like it was turf toe last year. That's what he had turf toe in week two and Achilles into turf toe. He wasn't hurt at Georgia. I don't recall. I thought he was pretty, pretty much. uh, Yeah. He was a plug and play guy for like a long time. Yeah. But right now we're talking about a guy that's played in eight games in two years. Here's the deal. You mentioned he had the turf toe week two. Yeah. Came back week 12. Started 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then in the postseason against the Titans. So he put together a nice little stretch. If he takes that stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, right? If you include the postseason, he's played nine games. The seven games he played after he returned from the turf toe. And he plays 16 games of fully healthy football this year. You're exercising the option? Yeah. That's got to happen, though. And, and the Patriots don't have to make the decision until after the year. 
So I would say yes with the caveat that what you just said happens. Right. And that that's it's the same thing as the the Van Der Esch thing. It's given the benefit of the doubt for now because as you said, when he's on the field, he's freaking good. And there were some questions, you remember there were questions of like, is he gonna be a guard? Is he gonna be a tackle? And everybody was surprised when they were gonna play him at tackle. But like He's a perfect fit for what this Patriots team has to be this year if they're going to be a successful football team, which is they're going to have to go back to the future and play 2001-style Patriots football. They're going to have to win ugly. They're going to have to slop it up, scrum it up, run the football a whole bunch. That's tailored perfectly to Isaiah Wynn. He's got a great opportunity in front of him to lock himself into a fifth-year option this year by staying healthy and playing ball because they're going to play into his strengths as a football player. Well, so are we, we're on the same page here. It's yes with an asterisk. Yeah. I like this next football player, Kyle. He's a great player. DJ Moore, wide receiver, Carolina Panthers. Uh, my guy went out and had uh, 1,175 receiving yards with – three different quarterbacks last year, you know, I mean, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Cam Newton playing. And that's uh, reminiscent of when, remember he was at Maryland and he was the only big 10 receiver his, his last year there in 2017 yeah, with over a thousand yards. yards. Yeah, and they had, they were down to the third string quarterback by like week two. I mean, this guy has been able to produce high level production with shit quarterbacks. And year in and year out. Yeah. 23 years old. I mean, he had a good rookie season really became even more of an impactful playmaker last year. I still think they can get him more involved like on jet sweeps and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's a playmaker. He's a three-level threat. He gets down the field. Ball skills are there. He creates after the catch. You know he can uncover. Physical. He's going to be awesome in this offense with Joe Brady. Yeah. I think he got I think he got hurt this past year with the inaccuracy of the quarterbacks because like his yards after catch per reception was cut in half. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's just the adjustments to the ball <laughs> prevented him from carrying his speed through the reception, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's tough. But, I mean, he's got great hands. He's got seven drops over two years and over 200 targets. He's got two or seven drops on 207, or 217 targets, 142 receptions, seven drops. There's a stat on DJ Moore that I would love to find. I wish I could. Okay. Anticipation was, is killing. Uh, I, I, I've been looking for it for a while, but there's something about his age and 1,100 yards and a very short list of people that have done this accomplishment based on some factors. And it, I literally, I don't think I can find it quick enough here, but. Okay. And DJ Moore has not made a Pro Bowl. Nope. So your worst case scenario from a financial perspective, you're paying him the tender amount, which is fifteen six. That's what it would be. If he made the Pro Bowl this year and got the transition tender total, fifteen point six eight. Wide receivers are pricey. Yeah, they are, huh? What about if it was? Uh, maybe that's a big ask, but. If he doesn't make the Pro Bowl? Yeah. Well, my producer, Arnold, pull that up for you. 
All right. Here are the totals of the top 10 wide receivers. And this is going to tell you why this price point is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. 22 for Julio, 20 for Amari Cooper, 19.25 for Michael Thomas, 18 for Tyree Kill, 18 for Odell Beckham, 17.865 for AJ Green on the franchise tag this year, 16.5 for Mike Evans, 16.2 for DeAndre Hopkins, 16.2 for Brandon Cooks, uh, 16.05 for Adam Thielen. Those are the top 10 salaries at the wide receiver position. So if he does not make the Pro Bowl, it's 3 through 20, correct? Mm-hmm, 3 to 20. Michael Thomas is 3 at 19.25, and 20 is Tyrell Williams at $11 million. Okay. So if you're, if you're telling me Tyrell Williams is getting $11 million, I don't care what we're getting DJ Moore at above Tyrell Williams. I have the stat. Oh, you must not have been trying too hard. Um, I remember what I tweeted about it. So I searched my name, <laughs> DJ Moore. Here okay. it is. <clears throat> DJ Moore with a backup quarterback became just the 17th player in NFL history to hit 1100 receiving yards in a season before turning 23 years old. And he did it in 15 games of the backup quarterback. So yeah, Good. exercise, exercise that man's option. Good player, man. He's going to be fun in, with, with Joe Brady. <laughs> There will be plays made. All right. So we had one outright no and two yeses with asterisks based on injuries and durability in 2020. Yep. So we're up to three firm no's, right? Three firm no's and two more flagged. And I am telling you right now, Hmm. don't ruin tomorrow's show and go look at the last stretch of eight picks. Joe, we might get six no's. We legit might get six. Should be a fun way to close out the week. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go out with a bang talking about the 2018 NFL draft and fifth-year options and who should get it, who should not. Uh, At this point, the players we have flagged as firm knows we have three of them through 24 picks. Josh Rosen, Marcus Davenport, Billy Price. We have two more flagged as potential knows based on durability with Leighton Van Der Esch and Isaiah win. If both those players are healthy, we both feel they deserve to have the fifth year option exercise. That would bring us to five. If we get the six, I think we're going to get Joe. We're only going to be somewhat. We're only going to be three players short of the average of the past two years. That's if we get six tomorrow. That's if we get six tomorrow. No pressure. I'm not trying to influence this, but I am saying that's kind of the benchmark, right? Is 14 each of the last two years did not get it. Yeah. It's very realistic for us. You know, we've gone through three days of this series and we have three no's. We're going to get we're going to get close to double digits. Yeah. And I think specifically with 2017, when you talk about two, three, four and five or whatever it was being declined. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to sway things quite a bit. This is more of a, of a normal for progression of how this should look as you get deeper into the draft. So uh, the good news for this year was that. They, they did a pretty good job there, pick, making early yeah, picks. 2018 was a good draft, no question. Lots of talent in that draft. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us today on the show. We will be back tomorrow to discuss picks 25 through 32. There will be blood. So hit subscribe and come back and see us again tomorrow. Kyle Krabs, I know for Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes. 
brought to you by Built Bar.